0: The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Uh, But we are live, Kate, on the wrong feed. Because uh, for some reason, the feed that I scheduled, the thing we learned in our great test is that the feed that I scheduled doesn't work, but we can just go live by pressing go live are, now. Are we
1: live? Oh, wait, no. We uh, might be live now.
0: I think we wait, are hold live. Hold on, are
1: we live with the... Uh, it's not showing up. So it's not showing up in the In lieu of Fun feed?
0: Uh, it isn't.
1: Oh, I found it. I found it. I got it. Okay, we're good. So you tweet Great. out Nailed the, it.
0: the feed where we're actually live. And I, I did will, it. You did it? Let me retweet you. Yeah. Uh, um, here. Um, here
1: you go. Um, uh, this is...
0: Hang on. I'm going to put down my mic in order to tweet this. Okay.
1: I don't know how you're going to hold that mic the whole time.
0: Mic in one hand, Scotch in the other. Uh, we are live. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> and we are live in lieu of fun, but with Scotch. Uh, this is... Um, a show that uh Kate aptly compared the other day to a combination of a a a cocktail party, Wikipedia and uh what was the third element that you uh improv improv right it was a cocktail party <laughs> improv and wikipedia wikipedia because we mean to reach out to uh anybody who um uh uh, we the conversation turns to. Uh, so this uh, idea for this show came about because the other day I was having uh, a video uh, Zoom cocktail with uh, some friends, and I mentioned that the conversation was superb and that we really ought to just uh, do this on on youtube as a kind of youtube live cocktail party and the reaction was uniform derision um i don't want to name names here but i will i I will say the derision included my wife um you didn't tell that to me before we did i signed up to do this and so the more people made fun of me about it and i'm not naming names jonathan roush Um, But the more people made fun of me about it, the more committed I was to, hey, this is a great idea. And I said, who is the person who I want to do this with? And and I tweeted that I wanted to do it. And then I was like, and you know, I can't, like, the person I want to do it with is Kate Klonick. And so there (laughs) are three reasons for that. Um, One, that I say yes to everything? No, because I didn't know you were going to say it. was like asking somebody to the prom, you know? It was like, hey, do you, you want to do a YouTube show with me? Um, I, you know, there's like a lot more ways that ends badly than well. Um, <laughs> um, so the first reason was that I've always wanted to do a project with Kate because Kate is super fun and uh, super smart and has a million uh, uh, interesting things to say. And the second reason is that uh, as those of you who don't know, Kate will learn really quickly in this show. Kate is a freaking great conversationalist. And so if you're going <laughs> to like go on uh television or whatever the heck this is, and just, uh, uh, talk your way through a national crisis and uh like you want somebody who actually can really hold her own conversationally so that was the second reason and then the third reason uh is that uh uh kate really improvs well and knows a shitload about a lot of interesting stuff and actually importantly a lot of stuff that i don't know about uh, but that are adjacent to the things that i know a lot about and so uh I always learn from uh, talking to her. So that's where the invitation came from. And I was totally nervous about it because, you know, like, it's actually a dumb idea. Um, but there are 40 people watching this right now. and Oh, um, really?
1: I've turned off my screen because I can't, like, it, so, I don't want to s- screw with the buffering. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, so, um, so I, you know... Um, uh, thought it would be a cool thing, and I'm not uh, I'm not at all sure where we're going with this. But here's the basic concept. Uh, the basic concept is uh, we're going to uh, talk about as long as there is a coronavirus effective lockdown that causes both of us to be sequestered from our normal lives, we will get together at five o'clock every day on this show. Today will be the only day it'll be at six, unless there's some reason why it needs to be. Um, we will get together, we will have a drink, we will chat about stuff, and we will bring in interesting people who we want to talk to or who grow out of the conversation, which is the Wikipedia aspect of it, right? There's just as we get to cool links, uh, we'll just click on them and we'll bring those people in because you know what, they're stuck at home too. Um, so let's get started. I think the way to do this is I'm going to interview you for a few minutes. You're going to interview me for a few minutes, and then we'll kind of plan the show and figure out where we want to, where we want to take it. Yeah. Uh, Does that work? Yeah, sounds great. All right, so to everybody watching, we have no idea uh, how what the quality of this is coming through. So uh, we don't have any moderators, so we're not really able to watch that comment feed as it goes. But if you guys can let us know whether we're audible, whether we're glitching a lot, we will look through them later. All right, so who the hell is Kate Klonick?
1: Um, I'm a law professor at St. John's University. Uh, and I basically, when I'm not teaching property law or internet law or information privacy law, I am a researcher probably pr- best known for being a researcher of internet governance and online speech and doing a lot of kind of groundwork and, f- uh, kind of field work, uh, empirical work at the actual companies to figure out what kind of platforms like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter are doing to govern the speech of their users online.
0: All right. So I want to, uh, sex that up a little bit because I think describing (laughs) you as a law professor is like, I
1: worked really hard for that. (laughs) I know, I know,
0: I know. And I don't have anything against law professors. I run a, run a website that publishes a lot of law professors, but you are uh, chiefly interesting for reasons that don't actually relate all that much to your being a law professor. Is that fair?
1: Okay. Yes, I think so. But, like, you know, that's not normally what I tell people because I try to tell people to try to get people to take me seriously, Ben. I, you
0: know, <laughs> like, I, like I take you way more seriously than the people who you're trying to get to take you seriously. Yeah, um thanks. <laughs> um, uh, So can I ask you uh, a series of yes or no questions that will make you a little bit uncomfortable? Yeah, sure. If I were to describe you as the world's leading expert on platform content moderation policy, would you argue with me? I'm, not asking, I don't you, like
1: describing I'm myself not asking that. you to
0: describe yourself. that Yes, way. I do. I'm saying yes, if that's I fine. were
1: fine, I have been. I have been described as that. It's not. Yes,
0: it's but not that's, wrong, right? It's
1: not. It's not entirely wrong. There's other leaders, but it's on not specific narrow area on what this what they're doing. I would say that that's true.
0: Yeah. Is, is it true that m- most of the sixty people who are listening to us have either read you in the New Yorker on the subject? or have heard you on, uh, on uh, Radio Lab, or, uh, you know, on this, like when they think about the major things that they have read or heard or thought about content moderation, mostly those interact with you pretty directly.
1: Yeah, I get cited a lot by
0: places, yeah. Um, and finally, uh, when the kind of playbook of Facebook's, uh 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 how they should react to different issues that arise on the platform you were have been kind of the chief explainer of that right
1: uh yeah i would say that like i do a lot of arbitrage between the companies and people and the people and companies of kind of like trying to explain tech to policy and policy to tech yeah
0: um next question uh (laughs) you're really kind of a journalist at heart right I mean, you're, back, you know, I've you, never, you kind of have a journalist background from before you went to law school.
1: Okay, I don't want to be I like, I, you know, it's funny that you asked me that. Because like, yes, I was a journalist before I went to law school, but like, kind of never have had any formal journalistic training. Let's put it this way. I actually kind of like to describe myself as like a bit of a scientist at heart. And then like the journalism is how I go about finding the answer, like how I go about gathering information to systematically find the answers to my questions. Does that make sense? Yep.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, where are you holed up for Corona crisis?
1: I'm in Cape Cod at my parents' home where they have, this is pretty great. Um, where they have these, like, they have these like novelty mugs. I like texted my dad. I was like, we, this was like an ice storm. I'm from Rochester, New York. and 2000, A mug from 2003 ice storm. I was like, who the hell cares about ice storms anymore? <laughs> I survived the ice storm 2003. Right. In <laughs> like, order to make go, it like, to like, the corona like, apocalypse. Cares, honestly, <laughs> like, Am I going to get a novelty mug when this is all over? I don't think so. No one's making novelty mugs. Maybe we should. Maybe we should have the yeah, in lieu should, of fun. Yeah, we should
0: crowdsource uh, a project for everyone to have a novelty mug. All right. Um. All right. Um. How are you spending your day? You're. 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 You're in Cape Cod, which is not the worst place in the world to be. In I have a- gotten to zero percent of that.
1: <laughs> um. I'm just like. I'm like. I'm exhausted. I. We relocated two weeks ago. Um. I think that we saw the writing on the wall. Living. We we're from New York, and like we saw the writing on the world earlier than most people, and. We came here and I like, and we went under strict quarantine, even though we'd had no exposure to anything because we thought it was unethical to go to a small, tiny enclave with crappy hospitals or like limited access to hospitals and like possibly spread New York City germs. And so we have just been in this house for two weeks. And in that time, like our dog had this crisis and that's been stressful. And then I've had to keep teaching all of my classes, which is stressful. I teach about eight hours a week, which is. An exhausting amount to be staring at a computer without only looking at your own face and not getting anything back from you. And then, um, there's just kind of, uh, and then on top of that, I've been having to finish this massive paper that I've been working on for the last 10 months. And, uh, I spent like six days of just like flat out, I would say 15 to 20 hours a day at my computer for six days, barely sleeping. Um, and yeah, so it's like, I actually was just telling my partner, I was like, I haven't talked to you in like a week. (laughs) Like I just, you're like the only two people in this house. And I've just been sitting in quiet in front of my computer, like not even speaking to him or like acknowledging anything else. And so, yeah, it's just not been, and now I'm kind of turning back to like trying to dial back in with and up with teaching. I don't know. It just, my day-to-day life has been incredibly busy and stressful and I'm so sick of staring at my screen and like I'm so sick of typing. It's amazing how sick I am of typing. I don't know.
0: Are you going through that at all? Well, so we're going to get to me in a minute. So uh, do you feel this conflict between on the one hand you want to be more social and on the other hand being social requires staring at a screen more? Yes. Like I I feel like I, I like actually like physical presence is a problem now because like th- this is the most social thing I'm doing all day. And it's, you know, sitting in front of a computer talking, which is what I've been doing the rest of the day. The only difference is the what I'm talking about and whom I'm have talking this, like, to.
1: Yes, completely. And like, I think this is absolutely the case. And like beyond that, it's like, I don't think that like, you know video is better than ch- than phone which is better than chat which is like but like the amount of work i have to do to like very affirmatively and clearly express every intonation that i would normally express and just like like physical proximity or like social types of interact. Like, like I can't, like I'm, tr- I'm being warm right now. I'm trying to be warm to you. I have to be very, like very open about like, like express about that in the language that I use. And I'm, I find that that's exhaust, like not exhausting. It's just like a whole level at which I have to have conversations. Yeah. Um,
0: um right. Definitely. Um, all right. Should we switch? Yeah, let's switch. Okay.
1: So, uh, Ben, I think that more people probably watching this stream know you than know me. I'm like the unknown quantity in this scenario. So, like, um, I am the element of of surprise. I am the element of surprise. (laughs) Um, I will say that, like, I want to know a couple of things, which is one, like, you and Susan Hennessy spent all of this is, and I'm sorry if I'm just digging right into it, but like, you and Susan spent all of this time writing this book. Your book is so important on making the pres- the presidency it's like coming like i we discussed how the last time either of us had a social event it was your book party right like i think it was like we were both at your book party and that was our final social event before everything happened four days later uh things started happening and we left new york um honestly and um i was just thinking like what it's like to have put the work and time and effort i'm mean, like my friend St- Stephen levy who just finished um actually behind me in the pile of books, but Facebook, the inside story, it was a three-year project and he doesn't even get to go on book tour now. It's just, it's just killed. And you're probably not going out, uh, like you and Susan aren't going on book tour. Like, what are you doing? Like, what does that feel like? That's, you know, that's gotta just, I know it must, maybe it's small potatoes, but I think it's kind of significant.
0: You know, it's an interesting question. So I, um, first of all, we did most of the book events we were going to do, uh, while this thing was still percolating mostly overseas. And the la- the last major event we had was that New York book party that you went to. Um, we were gonna eventually do bookstore events in Austin, Texas and probably Los Angeles and probably in the- somewhere in the Bay Area. Uh, those are no longer scheduled. So there's been some, Lop off, but we really did have a pretty good run of getting to talk about the book. And I actually just did uh, two days ago or yesterday, a long interview with with Terry Gross for Fresh Air about the book. Uh, so I haven't felt like we've been cheated out of um, out of, you know, the ability to discuss the issues. Moreover, the issues that we wrote about in that book, are very much the issues that uh, are currently being talked about in the president's response to the pandemic. That is the inability to manage the executive branch, the magical thinking, the lying, the uh, the 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 sort of uh, uh, replacement or or sublimation of the traditional public service and management functions of the executive branch with kind of personal uh, 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 aggrandizement. And so I, I sort of actually, in a weird way, feel kind of vindicated in the thesis of the book by these events, as well as by the Ukraine scandal. I, I feel like it's a, a kind of validation of what we've been, of all the work that we've done. And I'm content, frankly, to, uh, Uh, have played a role in trying to explicate that and if it takes like I don't think people should be paying attention as much as I want people to read the book I I think we're in a national emergency right now and uh and that's what people should be talking about and should be thinking about and should be uh, so I don't I don't feel like we've been cheated at all I do uh I, I do think that at some point it would be interesting to come back and look at the degree to which the book presaged all the pathologies of the way the administration would handle this situation.
1: Yeah, I think that that's, and I don't want to turn this into, like, I don't want to turn, I mean, I think that, like, Trump is implied by the coronavirus pandemic, like, we obviously have to talk about politics to some, like, you know, and the presidency to some degree, but I completely agree. I think that, like, your book ends up being um, very well, very well served. Uh, for what it is like, uh, uh by this by this crisis, I think that it plays out exactly kind of what you say. I think, and, or and that's why Kirk, It's but- good
0: that we're having this crisis because you know I, I I think the the fundamental obligation of of the world is to comport with my theories and to validate my sense of 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 the way things are. And so if the world is 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 comporting itself to the reality that I described, then all must be well.
1: Yeah. So did you see Oren Kerr's tweet about this? I think it like, I think you'd agree with it. And I want to say what you think. I almost
0: always agree with Oren.
1: Do you? Yeah. So Oren's like this law professor at Berkeley and he says, and I think that, I think that this comports with your thesis. It's not quite right. This is a tweet thread. It's not quite right to say Trump is prioritizing the economy over human lives. He is prioritizing his human re his reelection and he'll favor what he thinks will help that presenting himself as one who wants to return to normal life using state governors who are shutting things down as his foils may seem to him the best 2020 strategy. And he may be right about that. If it works, he avoids blame for the economic downturn. It's the governor's fault and presents himself as the optimistic defender of the American way of life. And the Easter timeline nicely fits the narrative. He wants everything to everyone to have a wonderful Easter. The spin will run, but the governors are ruining it. And some are responding that Trump's plan wouldn't help him help him with reelection. But that's not the point. He cares about what rhetorical position will help him win, not what actual policy will help him win having governors take action while Trump complains may be smart politics. Do you think that that's going to play?
0: So, you know, I I trust my own judgment about what Trump is going to do and how it's going to, like, how it's going to play, how so little, because I've been, Every instinct I've had about what he's been able to get, been going to be able to get away with has been wrong. And at some point, you just have to say the the median voter and I think so differently that I have no ability to predict it. So, for example, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, mostly in this area. Um, and what were
1: your parent? What did your parents Were they your parents Republicans or Democrats? Political, vary or not?
0: My parents are not especially political. They're both biomedical research people. I'm an NIH brat, um, oh. and um, and I spent my early childhood in in New York City and moved down to the NIH campus area, which is to say Bethesda slash Potomac, when I was thirteen and have more or less been in the area ever since save for college uh although i i have lived in the district of columbia since leaving school um so i i but look i am i've been wrong about everything i mean no. yeah
1: i have been right about everything <laughs> <laughs> everything that you said was going to be a big deal i was like no offense ben i was like i just
0: completely i was like no one's gonna care yeah. no one's gonna, None of the yeah, well, you were right. I was wrong. and um, <laughs> and now I look at it and I say, but even like the last week, which looks to me like the the most catastrophic performance of the executive branch, Trump's approval rating has gone up during this period. And um, that means that some people, who used to think ill of him looked at his have looked at these press conferences and said ah i feel reassured the president has this in hand and i'm i confess i'm flabbergasted by that i don't understand it even a little bit um but i'm i'm respectful of the fact that i don't understand it and so i don't seek to do I'm not so arrogant that having failed at at prognostication over and over and over again, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, I will observe one thing, which is presidents that preside over uh, economic catastrophes do tend to pay a political price for that. And presidents that preside over uh, there aren't that many mass casualty events in, in, in U.S. history, but there are a bunch. And, like, you know, if you get tagged with one of them, uh, that's generally not a good thing for your uh, 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 your understand the people's understanding of you. Um, so I, you know, but that said, I, I think Oren could very well be right. And I, I, I don't dismiss the resilience of trump's uh uh hold on his base at all
1: i think that so i grew up in as i said before rochester new york um and i was in a very conservative suburb of rochester um that my parents were republican conservative elected judges um And, uh, I don't know, I grew up, I basically grew up with just like, as a very liberal minded person, um, in my opinion, um, progressive person, um, surrounded by people I disagreed with. And when did you know you
0: were a progressive minded person? Like, well, like I would
1: say that like, I put this in, like, I was very pro gay rights. Like let's, for example, say like in like the nineties, like that was like, to me, like an obvious obvious next like social social move for like for like that that had to that there had to be better um affordances for like like lgbtq people um and things like that that was like i was i was liberal in that sense um but my parents were like socially conservative so, like i my my the area i grew up in was deeply religious there were a lot of mormons and catholics and born again christians and so i only mention this because like I had long-term, massive foundational exposure to people that now vote for Trump and vote, you know, and vote and vote Republican generally, like in elections. And so, like, it really, for, it was like a from a formative level. Like, I have a lot of appreciation for like the mindset that goes into that type of calculation and arguing against those types of people.
0: <laughs> and so, um, so so uh, that so. Yeah, I, I have an interesting counterpart to that, which is okay. that I have long-term exposure to conservatism too. In fact, a lot of people think of me as a conservative. Um at, but the conservatives that I have been professionally involved with and have, you know, have been uh have been a big part of my professional life and they're a big part of lawfare, they're a big they are i did not realize how unrepresentative they were of conservatism and oh interesting that you know so i had the sense of myself as somebody who sort of straddled the worlds of liberalism and conservatism and i don't think i appreciated the degree to which the conservatives whom i interacted with uh, actually were you know, first of all, a huge percentage of them were turned out to be never Trump conservatives. When when Trump turned around on the scene, they they were a corner of conservatism that was a kind of hmm. elite intellectual conservatism um, that uh, turned out to have no mass constituency at all. And I don't think I understood, well, I don't think they understood that to be honest, Um, but I certainly didn't understand that the relationship between conservatives conservative elites and the voters that you're talking about have is very little to do with the relationship with the between liberal intellectual elites and liberal base voters
1: it's like these labels are so meaningless. I just hate them. Like they like oversimplify and are so, and so completely like unhelpful. Um, but yeah, like, I think that, I think that's exactly, I mean, it's funny that people think that you're conservative, but probably people who work for the Trump administration think that you're the devil and like, that you're like, you know, and that there's nothing conservative about you. Right. I mean, like, that's so weird to me. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, that's, that's a very bizarre conflict. Um, but my point, I guess by bringing all of this up is just to basically say that there is something about the experience that I've had of watching conservatives and, um, well, conservatives or liberals vote for the past couple of years. And the, um, and what basically the Oren spells out is this like reality that I very much see playing, which is just that it's all about rhetoric and appearances. And there is just this, like this reductionism to, uh, uh to, 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 to power and blame and like blame making that like is almost, um, I don't know, like, it's just like, it's almost like Potemkin villages, like in nature, frankly, like, there's just kind of this level in which you're just creating whatever it is you want to create. And as long as it like holds up until you've passed by it, it's completely fine. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how I see, you know, there's some people that's okay for, and there's others that aren't. It's just, I don't know, that's just, it's a bizarre split in how people are understanding things right now.
0: All right, should we uh, plan the show?: Yeah, let's plan the show. I mean, we're going to have to do this again tomorrow, and we're presumably not going to like talk about our uh, you know professional and life pasts again.
1: Yeah. do you what do you want like, so I have quest- other questions, but uh, what kind of scotch are you drinking first? What kind of scotch?
0: Buna haben. What
1: is that? Glen Moran? What no, is it? No, it's,
0: it's Buna haben.
1: Buna haben. It has a lot we of We didn't letters. bring my scotch collection with
0: us. What what are you, what are you drinking?
1: I just bought a bottle of Glen g 12 at the liquor store. It's fine. It's <laughs> it's, it's very drinkable. <laughs> like the most privileged conversation ever. Yeah. I feel very lucky that all I, my biggest complaint is I'm down to one kind of scotch. I
0: I, I just want to say uh that uh, In this environment, um, I don't apologize for anything. You know, I'm going to enjoy my scotch. Uh, Some people are enjoying um, being around uh, 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 family. Some people are really not enjoying being around family. Some people are uh, enjoying uh, not, you know, I am just whatever you're enjoying. Don't apologize for it. Whatever you're upset about. Let yourself be upset. I'm not apologizing for my scotch. In fact, I'm going to okay. pour myself some more.
1: Um, that's a good idea. I wish I'd put the bottle closer to me, but anyway, um, the uh, I don't know. I'm trying to decide. I was actually thinking about who our
0: first guest should
1: be. Um, I am open to suggestions, obviously.
0: Um, yeah. So if people, have... if people have ideas of of guests that they would want us to bring on uh they should write them in the comments uh well why don't we should, do we should we talk about what we want to focus on and let that drive the guests or should we talk about who we want to talk to and then have that drive the subjects
1: oh i like the former a little bit better i guess i'm kind of like i'm interested you said before it was your as you were very kindly introducing me was like, uh, was basically that there is this, we have this nice overlap of the people we know in our layers of expertise, like your national security and politics, I would say like, is like primarily like your, like your gambit. And then like mine is more like technology and, and law and there's a nice Venn diagram overlap there, um, for a lot of stuff. Um, I think that there's uh, a good, but it just kind of depends. Like, do we want to start with the technology part, or we want to start with kind of the politics part?
0: Well, and also, how much coronavirus do we want? Like, do we want this? Oh, to yeah. Be like, uh, uh, do we want it to be like people are, you know, struggling in the coronavirus thing? So this is like your uh your your time to chill out with Kate and Ben and their friends or do we want it to be like interesting stuff that may have nothing to do with the situation that's going on uh that people might find useful
1: yeah it's funny cuz when i thought that when you initially proposed it it was going to be a distraction from the corona stuff and then like when we talked about uh like on the phone really briefly you were like um was like oh is it going to be related to the coronavirus like is it always going to be about the pandemic but i kind of would like it to be a little bit of both i think it has to
0: be um so i guess the question is where is the big intersection between the is there like pandemic stuff that also kind of implicates our areas um is there is there somebody or some subject that's kind of at the nexus of pandemic national security uh uh tech policy and law who would be really kind of an interesting place to start
1: yeah that's like i kind of i'm trying to think of people like jen daskal and daphne keller certainly like have like the tech angle and free speech and national, like Jen has like the national security angle. Um, Lisa Monaco has
0: done kind of both pandemic stuff and cyber stuff, which is kind of an interesting nexus of the two. Um, Yeah. uh, So to the people who are asking the question uh, on this feed of whether we're aware that there is a feed, Yes, we are aware that there's a feed, but it's really hard to do this and follow it at the same time. And so what we're actually doing, gonna do is mostly ignore it, uh, but we will read it in retrospect. And so yes, do send comments. Like, I, was like,
1: I, can't have, I can't have a genuine conversation with you if I'm like aware that, like I can only have a genuine conversation with you if I'm aware, if I like, I forget actually that people are like watching
0: us. Right, like. so, so- we're gonna read all the comments. Um yeah. at least the non-abusive ones. Um, but uh we aren't going to do it in, in real time. By the way, the abusive ones, bring it on. Um
1: uh, That's totally fine. I've got to, I'm like I'm like I don't think you wanna be abusive in comments to me. I will bring, like, <laughs> It's my it's my bailiwick, so to speak.
0: Um Yeah, so I here's the the thing that i think like this show should do like there should be a component of it every day that's like uh quite personal like how are people doing what's going on in new york city right now you know that should be pretty like like news driven and how how we're reacting to it and how our friends are reacting to it There should be a component of it that's like our normal professional business, right? That's like what we think about. Um, And then there should be a component of it that's like fun, interesting stuff at the nexus of like that comes up when we're home and stuck here. And we're so like I've had to learn like all kinds of things about remote recording of podcasts the last couple of weeks, which I've, I was not something that I had never thought about before because the Lawfare podcast does do remote stuff, but we had to get really good at it really fast. And today yeah. we recorded Rational Security. Um, we had great recording quality, but we couldn't hear each other. We're all recorded really well. So imagine having a conversation with me where you can hear like Half of the words. Um, And I think it is going to come out really well. And like the the listener will not be able to tell that we actually couldn't really hear each other. But um, I'm not sure about that. We're going to find out. So for those of you, uh, 56 of you who are listening now who also listen to Rational Security, I'd be curious whether you could tell that we actually. Like I could hear Tammy because she was sitting next to me and I, but Shane and Susan, you know, could hear most of what they were saying, but they kept flickering in and out, but all of us are recorded really well. So the listener experience should be good.
1: Yeah. There's like tons of stuff. I also like, there's, I mean, there's also like really interesting human stuff. I'm like, I'm in this like beach town, right? Like that normally has like very few people off season. I have my parents built this house like like 35 years ago, but like, uh, and I've come here all the time. Um, but like people are angry that like off season people are here. Uh, and like the local tiny market has like a two, has put in this social, like the town is socialist to begin with, but like kind of has put the socialist like two item, like you can only have buy two items of the same thing. Like, for for like anything, I don't know. That's kind of interesting to me. I think those inter- like all of like the church things have been like they have. There's six churches in this one town. They've all been like canceled. There's like nothing, no church meetings. I don't
0: know. It's kind of fascinating. I have an idea for a first guest. Who? Oren Kerr. You. Oh, should we have Oren? You mentioned uh, his okay. like you, his analysis of this uh, political strategy, uh, is a really interesting one. And, um, and he kind of straddles both of our worlds. He's, uh, he, he, no, totally. Um, definitely. I hadn't thought about, I
1: thought of him as much more legal, but like, yeah, you're right. No, he's one of, he's one of the lawfare
0: contributors. He's, a um, and he's funny, which is important. He's good conversation.
1: Oh, don't give him too much credit. We All don't right. haven't had
0: a... him. <laughs> he can prove that he's funny.
1: <laughs> no, I think Oren's funny. I love, I like, I actually really love Oren's Twitter feed. It's really quite good. He's, he gets it and he's always gotten it. I just taught him today, actually. In my internet law class, we were teaching the CFAA and like, kind of like went That's through the, his The Computer his Fraud
0: and Abuse Act, for those of you who sorry, yeah, sorry. are not yeah. into acronyms.
1: Sorry, I know, I know. Um... Uh, Um, I but yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Maybe we should ask Oren to be on.
0: All right, so Oren, if you're watching, we hope you'll be on tomorrow. If you're not watching, we still hope you'll be on tomorrow, Uh, and I will uh, uh, email Oren to see if he's up for it. Um, Who else do you want to talk to? Let's just spitball people who would be fun to fun to have on.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, do you know anybody in in Northern uh, Italy? Do I know anyone in Northern Italy? Not really. I don't really know anyone in Italy, but I know people who know people in Northern in Italy, like generally, that I could get in touch with. Yeah, if I that's mean, I helpful. Thought, like,
0: I think it would be interesting. To, so, one of my uh, uh, Lawfare podcast uh, uh, associates is putting together a pastiche this week of like interviews with people in many different countries uh, who have been, you know, about the situations in their countries. Um, And uh, I thought, I think it would be really interesting just to have sort of longer conversations with uh, cool people who are, uh, you know, who can describe the impacts and reactions in, in different countries around the world.
1: Um, Oh, I have. Oh, I just thought of this. Um, Nick Frisch, who is at the Yale ISP project, which I spend a lot of my time at, um, is a um, an expert in China and has been in China for like the last couple of uh, months. Um, And he would just I mean, it would just be fascinating, I think, to have him on to talk about like what has actually happened in China versus like what we're getting reported out of China. Um, I think that he's there right now. I'm not sure about that, but like, I think that he's there right now and like, could actually, like, if he's not there right now, he has sources that are there right now. Um, and it would be fascinating to talk to him. He's published for the New York Times and other places yeah, on this also, stuff. It would be great. We also have
0: the, uh, the, Sunday t- uh, the London Telegraph's uh, regular reporter, Sophia Yan, who's based in Beijing, who also plays piano for all the Lawfare podcasts. Uh, and she's done a lot of uh, uh, stuff for us, both on Rational Security and the Lawfare podcast just from the ground uh, in Beijing. Um, I think it would be great
1: to do that. Like, let's do like a show with like Nick and Nick and her. That would be great.
0: Yeah, that's totally doable. Um, um, there's also. So, yeah. So an international dimension, what's going on in other countries. um Oh, and I I know somebody who just came back from from Moscow who um, uh, Cause, like, came back like, because like there's like is it weird
1: to me? But there's like almost no contagion in Russia. Like, At what least, the fuck is going on? Yeah, so
0: we could ask her about that. Um, she's a, a PhD student who's doing dissertation research there who just came back. Um, we seem to be getting a lot of suggestions of um, on of possible guests from the um from the uh on the thread so which we will go through um but should we should we work on orin for tomorrow
1: yeah we'll like ask orin i'll like i can ask him right now on twitter hold on right hold on (sighs) um moving my microphone so i can use my keypad um
0: All right, what are the, some other out-of-the-box things you'd want to do? Like, just, like, we're all cooped up at home, you know? It's like, we could do, like... Do you want to see my garden? <laughs> I was going to say we could do, like, house tours and, you know, like... I mean, like, what actually... we're cooking.
1: I mean, like, I I'm very... I think people give a shit like thing, I'm cooking, like, to be honest. I didn't want to say this. I know it sounds weird, but, like, you were very kind about all of my intellectual achievements, but I'm very proud of, like, how, like how like handy I am as a human being and like how good I am at this type. Like I'm like, I've worked on the farm for the last 10 years, like in Montana, like every summer for three for every summer for three weeks, I work on this farm and like do garlic harvesting. And it's this very, um, I don't know it's like a very, uh, it's a huge part of my identity and it's like, it's been wonderful. And, um, I don't know. It's so it, like it's also really necessary to break me out of like the mode of always being on like the internet and always talking about the internet and the importance of the internet. It's always like a nice break. Where in Montana? And right now they're not. They don't care. They give zero shits about coronavirus right now because where, where they're in just- Montana? Oh, in um, this small town called Saint Ignatius, which is about forty-five minutes from Missoula, south of or north of Missoula.
0: Yeah, so I have family not too far from there. In in, uh, my uncle. Whitefish? No, in Darby, outside of Darby. Oh, he, Darby. Okay. So my yeah. my uncle. Um, maybe we should have my uncle on the podcast uh, on this. Uh, he's a, a genuinely extraordinary individual. He. Um, is one of the very few people who's ever sailed uh, a kayak across the Pacific ocean. And uh, really? yeah, he's, That's um, awesome. he's a polar explorer and, um, and a, a genuinely uh, fascinating individual. And his name is John Turk and he's the author of a number of books and he lives in the backwoods in outside of Darby. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, And we could talk to him about uh, all things rural Montana and all things polar as well, as well as, you know, deep ocean kayaking. I I,
1: I would love that. I would really love to talk to people who are in really remote areas that like are not as like you know, that this is not affecting, I would just like love to talk to them generally. I think they're fascinating people and they have a different way of life than most people in urban areas. And, um, yeah, I just think that this is, yeah, that would be great. Um, I don't like my, and like to that point, I think that like the people that I work with on this farm are very private and they would probably not want to be on the show, but like, um, it's just a very fun, like, it's like, the way of life there is very different and like it provides you this constant, like going there every year provides me this constant amount of perspective about like how other people in the world are like, how other people in the United States, I should say, are like, ha- like have life.
0: I just noticed a really cool idea on the thread from Robin War, who says a regular person from each state to share what's happening in their, in their area oh
1: um, yeah that I, would I think be fun that would be
0: really fun like could like 50, oh my god i would love that 50 states 50 uh 50 days 50 state. i hope we're not here for 50 days but yeah so all of these are great ideas and i think like starting with Oren, who can be our californian um uh would be a neat thing um yeah so yeah um, What else should we talk about before we're, we're, we're 47 minutes in. I kind of had this idea that this would be about an hour, but I do not you know, it could be less, it could be more. What else should we talk about before we sign off today?
1: I don't know. I think that like, we've kind of covered it. I feel good about stuff. I mean, I just kind of like, I hope that, I mean, I would just kind of like this to both be like, um, I don't want. I don't know. It would be fun if this was like a little bit news and a little bit research, but also like, a. L- I just really want to, I do want it to stay fun and light. Like I would, it would, I mean, and that's not to say that like we shouldn't take on real issues, but like, um, I do feel like there is a necessary part of this that like people need, uh, need laughter or kind of need like some kind of like some bandy, like, bandying of ideas and just kind of like a sense of normalcy while all this is happening Yeah, I mean, and people
0: need like, like, I, I don't know. I don't want a, people to take this amiss, but like someone to like hold their hand through this. Cause like we're all cooped up in a, in a freaky environment and it's kind of scary. And just like having interesting people talking about interesting things is something cool and normal and fun. And, and to the person who just, uh, 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 on the thread said, "Wait, sailed a kayak." The answer is yes. Um, started in northern Hokkaido and uh, kayaked up along uh, the um, up along the Pacific Rim, island hopping uh, all the way to the Aleutians. And it had um, it's an it's an extraordinary thing. And there is actually a front page New York Times story about his subsequent.
1: That's so cool. We uh, totally have to have him on. That's totally That doable, is so awesome. Assuming
0: he's uh, not somewhere very remote, um, he which he often is. Um, it, but if he's in Montana, he would surely be willing to Skype in. Uh, and he uh, he also is one of only two people, the other one being his partner with whom he did it, uh, to have circumnavigated Ellesmere Island on in a kayak, which is uh, the largest, I believe, the largest island in the world that isn't Greenland. Uh, and it's the one that's next to Greenland. Uh, and it, wow. it had never been uh, circumnavigated in a kayak that's before. Cool. It, in fact, I think it had never been circumnavigated at all. So yeah, John Turk is an interesting guy. And, uh, and we could definitely... In, in the Montana spirit of 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 uh we could definitely get him. Uh and, yeah, I and yes kind of to like everybody's I don't who's want to allow sh-
1: like Trump to capture the idea of like Americanism and like what the spirit is. Like, oh it's just about socializing. It's not there's like plenty of people who are like perfectly fine isolating her Americans and yeah. like have done amazing things while being very isolated.
0: <laughs> right. So let's maybe that's the theme like is like people who have been isolated for long periods of time. Um, Yeah, totally. Maybe because they're writing law review articles.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's like, (laughs) I don't, well, I mean, no one, there's nothing interesting about that because I literally was just like clicking into footnotes and like taking hours to like, and drinking too much coffee. But yes, much more interesting is like kind of like circumnavigating islands. That sounds much better.
0: All right. All right. Um, Kate, should we sign off?
1: Yeah. How do we sign off? Are we going to have like a, are we going to have like a, are we going like to have like a Johnny Carson sign off?
0: Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe, like, like maybe we'll develop a kind of signature, uh, sign off. Yeah. Um, we'll
1: talk about it. Hey, I feel the, like
0: we have to have one though. To everybody on the thread who is asking about baby Canon. Let me just tell you, and I know there's a lot of you, and this is going to be a disappointing answer. Baby Cannon is self-isolating at the Brookings Institution. I, she, she's in my office. I had a feeling, I was like, I know where all of the Baby Cannons are and they're at Brookings, yeah. do you have access to Brookings? I do not have access yeah. to the Brookings site. Uh, I do have access to all of the, the Baby Cannon videos. And so, you know, maybe by tomorrow, I'll have figured out how to insert video feed into this and I we can sign off with a baby cannon blast, but I don't know how to do that now. And so like to everybody who's thinking I'm gonna do a baby cannon blast, I don't have access. Baby cannon is not within reach right now. And <laughs> by the way, uh, you know, like this is something else, you know, like there's lots of things in life that involve baby cannon. This may be one of the things in life that doesn't involve baby cannon.
1: Oh man, this is going to be a weird. <laughs> all right. You're um, like, well, it's just like virtual, like blast of of that's my virtual blast of baby cannon.
0: Good energy out to you all. Stay yes, safe. Yes, exactly. Stay socially, uh, t- stay physically isolated, but not socially isolated. And uh, we'll we'll be back tomorrow with Scotch in lieu of fun at five o'clock. Bye.